and a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God, and I thank you for tuning in this week. We move to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. So the Father, God the Father, has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Of course, that's Jesus, Christ Jesus. And now this is verse 13 of Colossians chapter 1, and this is the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae. So it's in, in order for the Father to have been able to deliver us He could not have violated our free will. We had to choose to receive wholeheartedly Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. To receive Jesus as our Savior, to allow Jesus into our heart, to give up what we had grappled with and and kept hold of. We have a free will, and we, up until that point, were not ready to give everything over to Jesus, to not allow him to be Savior in our lives. Even though Jesus had paid preciously for it with his blood at Calvary, we had not yet received the reward for the payment that he had made. And Jesus himself and the Father and the Holy Spirit had not received the reward for your soul being transferred out of the powers of darkness Until you said, yes, Lord, I receive you. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I I will confess you, and I do confess you out of my mouth as Lord. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if we do those things, we shall be saved. But you see, until we made that commitment, the Father could not and would not deliver us and draw us out himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness, out of the control and the dominion of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So having made the decision, made that choice, that in, that a very important decision in our lives, the Father was able to do that, and we were no longer belonging to the kingdom of darkness with the devil as our father. And I know some of you don't like to hear that you, you used to have the devil as a father, but it's biblical. We cannot serve two masters, amen? So we were serving the wrong master for, for our lives out, up until the point where we gave our life to Christ. And then we received the Lord Jesus as our Savior and began to confess him as Lord. And the key is to keep abiding in him, John 15. Let his word abide in you. Spend time with him. Pray to him. Know he's there. Know he's your brother, but also know he's God the Son. Know that he is just. Know that he wants to use you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to heal through you. He wants to deliver through you. Based on your faith, your declarations over a situation in front of you, that it's according to God's will for that that person to be delivered, set free, whatever is needed to reconcile them back to the way they should be, that God has paid for to happen. So we know that we have our redemption through his blood, according to verse 14, which means the forgiveness of our sins. So our sins are forgiven us. And the Bible says that God 
does not remember our sins, doesn't say that he forgets them. He does forgive us our sins, but he doesn't uh, forget them, but he, but he decides not to remember them. So it's uh, a good parent will chastise those children that he has, amen, that he's responsible for, that belong to him. But the parent will not hold a grudge, will not keep bringing up the past. A good parent will not do that. And God is the best parent you could ever wish for. Your best father and your best brother, your heavenly father, your brother Jesus. You know, you are a son of God because you belong to God. Jesus is the son of God. Also, he is God the son. We are not God. We are a son of God. But Jesus is also a son of the father, but he's also God the son. Amen. You see the difference? And so what happened for us to be saved? We we believe by faith that in Jesus, we believed by faith and we believed in Jesus in our hearts to be our savior. We relied on him by faith to rescue us from the powers of darkness. And, and you believed in your heart that God the father raised his son Jesus from the dead. Now, God wants you to keep Jesus as your Lord over your life. It is your for your own good. But more than that, Jesus wants to live through you, as we said earlier. More of that in a later program. So remember, and as we went over this last week, I just want to go over this one more time because this is very, very important. It just talks about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And again, these verses are out of the Amplified Classic Edition. So if you are reading along in another version and you say, well, there's more words he's speaking than what I see on my paper here or on my phone, that's because I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic Edition. And if you follow along with that version, you'll see that it's exactly matching what I'm saying. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. So you're believing in something that you don't see, but that you you can't even sense it with your, your taste, your smell, your hearing, your eyesight. Because remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. If we're walking by sight, that's an issue. We need to correct that and trust in God. Because when we walk by sight and we don't use faith, it's basically saying, Lord, I don't yet fully trust you that I can trust you to the extent where I believe in something that I don't see. I have to still see something to believe in it. We need to shift from that perspective and trust in the Lord. You cannot see the Lord with your naked eyes, but he is surely there and he is surely within the believer indwells him or her. So faith is the assurance. So it's absolutely certain. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So we believe by faith that even though we don't see Jesus with our naked eyes, even though we weren't alive on the earth at the time he went to the cross, we believe by faith, because we have no choice but to believe by faith, that Jesus did actually go to the cross over 2,000 years ago, that he is the Son of God, and that God raised him 
after three days after the crucifixion. Now, we have to trust the word of God, and God places his word above his name. So, we can determine that our faith is true when something changes in our lives that wasn't a coincidence, that we know for a fact that God was involved. So, for example, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, that was a confirmation by reality of me being able to speak out of my mouth an unknown tongue that I have never been able to speak before, that previous to this happening to me, that I must have believed by faith in the Lord Jesus being my Lord and Savior. Because without being born again, without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be speaking in tongues. Amen. So, I would not have a regenerated spirit, and the Holy Spirit would not have been indwelling me prior to me giving my life to Christ, because I would not have yet been transferred out of the powers of darkness. I still would have been serving the devil in the nature that the devil has, which is evil, to varying degrees. But it certainly would not have been godly. So, we had to believe by faith that we were born again when we gave our life to Jesus. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Wow, you could spend a long time on that verse, and uh, you could spend a lot, long time on, on the entire Word of God and a particular verse that maybe is your favorite. You spend time meditating on it. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 talks about the importance of meditating and pondering on those Scriptures, on the Word of God, so that we may focus our soul which is includes our mind on re- getting renewed, getting transformed. According to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we are to no longer be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Renewing our mind is simply to read the Word of God, to meditate and ponder on it, and to accept that it's true. And when God speaks about you, and He says something about you, like you are a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things are new, that you actually believe it and act it as though it's true, which it is. So you begin to act it out as it says, as the Lord says you are, now you are, now you believe it to be true. You no longer believe that you're the same that you used to be, same as what you used to be, but now you're brand new. Now you just became renewed in your mind on that one area, at one area, and there's many areas we have to become renewed on, including the kingdom finances, the topic of finances and the wealth of the kingdom, living dependent upon the provision of the Lord and not dependent upon man for, for substance and sustenance. Another area would be divine healing. Do we know the Lord's will on divine healing? We need to get renewed in our minds on that and not believe uh, a person who says, well, healing passed away, signs passed away. No. That person needs to be prayed for and taught the truth from the Word of God from a believer who's already renewed in that area so that that person would no longer be going around and advertising that God is not healing today. Now, yes, if you said to God, are you healing today? He said, no, I I already uh, remember my word. By my son scourging, you are healed. And my son got scourged at the whipping post over 2,000 years ago. You already are healed. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. It's a past tense thing, but we have to be renewed to that truth. 
So Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Now, we've just been spending the last 10 or 15 minutes on this very thing, where we're talking about the fact that you are a son of God through faith. You had to believe by faith that Jesus actually did go to the cross. And for those of you needing healing today, when I pray over you shortly, I have to believe by faith that Jesus actually did go to the whipping post, according to Isaiah 53, verse 5, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. If I don't believe by faith that that actually occurred, and I rely on the fact that I wasn't there so I don't believe it, then you will not get healed unless someone else prays for you and they believe by faith. So it's important that you just have to believe the word of God is true by faith. And don't wait for a sign before you believe, because you'll never get one before you believe, because signs follow those who believe. So you have to believe first, then the sign follows you. So yes, you have to stick your neck out. You have to look like a fool by speaking and declaring something and it not uh, revealing the miracle not occurring. Those things will happen to you. But let us not be caught up in how we look because God is good and God deserves for us to step out and believe that his word is true so that others will be set free because you believe by faith that it is true and that you you are a son of God and you are going to be used by the Lord to set the captives free according to Isaiah 61 and many other chapters and verses. So you are, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And this is Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, and we're going to carry on verses 27 and 28. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, have put on, clothed yourself with Christ. Verse 28, there is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is not male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So here is yet another example of where we are talking about you're in Christ. The believer is in Christ. Remember, the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, you don't enter Christ as a believer and go out the other side. Jesus is not, uh, while Jesus, you could see Jesus as a bridge to God. You remain in Christ. You remain in Christ, standing confidently before the Father, and he sees Jesus, but he also sees you, and he loves you. He loves his Son, and the Father loves you as well. So we must remain in Christ, seeking the Lord, seeking his will, seeking time with him, seeking to abide in his word, letting his word just our soul absorb his word, our mind become renewed to his word. We need to become Christ-like. Remember our calling, our main calling that the Lord has ever stated in the word of God is for us to have dominion. But also we must grow up into Christ, we into all things, the stature stature of Christ. And so the the fivefold ministry are, are are there to help equip the saints. I mean for the for the work of ministry, but also to teach us who we are in Christ 
because we cannot work effectively not knowing who we are or believing we're something else that we're not. Because when we are praying for someone and we don't know who our Father is, we don't know who we are, so we don't know really what to believe, how can we operate in faith? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Because we won't know that we can call those things that are not as though they were. Just like God called light to be. Light be. And light became. Because God had faith, he declared it, and it happened. So we are in Christ Jesus. There is a lot to be rejoicing about. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, another example. May blessing, praise, laudation, and eulogy. Eulogy. Be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm. There is not a a blessing, there is not a single spiritual blessing that we do not have as a believer. We have all the blessings that God provided Jesus. And because we are in Jesus, we're in Christ Jesus, we get to inherit all those blessings too. You're healed by his stripes. You're born again. You're a son. You're the head and not the tail. You will live and not die in the name of Jesus. You should no longer be sick. All these promises, you have eternal life. You have forgiveness of sins by the blood of Jesus that was shed for you And if you were the only one that God created, Jesus still, I believe Jesus still would have gone to the cross just for you because that's the nature of the Lord. He loves you like you were the only one he created upon this earth. But he created many more. But unlike corporations around the world, you are not a number. You are on first name terms with the Lord. He loves you and he loves every fiber of your heart, of your being. He knows the mistakes we have made and that we will make. He knows when we will fall over. He sees it. He knows that what's going to happen in the future. But he once told me that he, he, he knows what's ha- going to happen in the future, but he, he goes through every day as though it's new. So that helped me understand the Lord a little more too. He, he knows what's going to happen today, but he doesn't, control today. You are not programmed to do certain things today. Now, you may be led by the Holy Spirit to decide to do things today a certain way, but you still have a free will that God does not violate. So the decisions you make may be influenced by the leading of the Holy Spirit or not, but there's repercussions for those decisions that you make based on your free will. So that's why it's important to understand the nature of the Lord and the will of God so that we would lean and decide to do the things that we know the Lord would want us to do. And we would want to make decisions based on the decisions we know Jesus would make. So we thank you, Lord, for always trying to lead us, not just from temptation, but to lead us into righteousness and remain in you in righteousness and be holy as you are holy to convict us by your Holy Spirit but to do the things that you would want us to do so that our free will would choose those decisions that you want us to decide to choose and not our own will. Our will would become whatever your will is 
on every single situation, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. So that was Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where we're talking about every spiritual blessing has been given to us in the heavenly realm. But the blessings are in Christ, and that's where the believer is. Praise God. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, the next chapter, verses 4 to 6, But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, slain by our By our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. Wow. The same new life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy with which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. In fact, we won't even go to verse 6 because we've only got a few minutes left. Verse 5 here, we just read it. Amazing, amazing verse. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. Now, I want you to listen to this very next part of verse 5. Because you will likely get healed of whatever sickness you have today if you could get a hold of what I'm about to say. So verse 5 continues, He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. Now remember, this is the Amplified Classic Edition. It brings out more of the true meaning of the verse that you might find in your translation. So it goes into more of a description of the verse and the meaning behind the verse. So when it says, He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ, then there's a square bracket, which means in the Amplified Classic Edition, it's about to explain what was just stated outside of the square bracket. So what we just said was, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. Square bracket. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. So let me talk about this for a second. Romans 8, chapter 11 talks about the Holy Spirit quickening your mortal body. If the same Spirit exists in you, the same Holy Spirit exists and indwells in you, that is the life of Christ himself within you. Now, the Father gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with with which he quickened him. That same word quickened is appearing here in verse 5. Of Ephesians chapter 2. So if you can just accept Christ is in you, the hope of glory, Christ is Christ Jesus indwells you, and he is the very life within you. The Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, the Father, there is no lack of life in you within your spirit, because that's where God is. God is spirit. You are one spirit with the Lord. Now allow that life that is so powerful that it created this entire universe. It created you. It created me. It created billions of people. It created the life on this planet. Allow that very life out into your body. I'll just believe that God wants his life to heal your mortal body. Romans 8 verse 11, into every bone, tendon, ligament, joint, and muscle, every every cell, 
so that you do not have cancer, that you do not have any illness, you do not have COVID-19, coronavirus. There is nothing can withstand the life of Christ except if you doubt that that wouldn't happen, that that's not God's will for your body. Now, it is the Lord's, the Lord deserves for his payment, his investment at that whipping post with those stripes, not to be forgotten in vain, but to be used by faith when I speak life over you right now, and for you to just receive the truth, which is that God's will is for you to have his healing that he's already healed you with manifest in your mortal body. So let the life of Christ out through your thinking into your body. I can't explain it really any other way. Just allow the Lord to do from within you what he wants to do. Allow it. Allow it. Don't try to figure it out. Just allow it. So right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, right now that that the very life of Christ himself indwells the precious soul that is listening to this recording, listen to this broadcast right now. Whether it's live or recorded, your word is still alive no matter what. And I speak healing. I declare healing. I declare the person listening to this recording right now is healed from all things whatsoever they have wrong with their body. They are healed. Glaucoma is healed. Eyesight is healed. Hearing is healed. In the name of Jesus, every pain is gone. Every cancerous cell is dead. Every cancer cell is gone from your body and replaced with a creative miracle of a new cell in Jesus' name. That your shoulders are no longer stiff. That your that your knees are replenished with new meniscuses and new cartilage. That your ankles, your feet, your legs, they're all healed. Your pelvic area is aligned. Your Both of your legs now are the same length and one is not shorter than the other. So now you're walking. Your gait is better. You can walk better. You're no longer walking and hobbling. And you can put that cane away according to what you decide. You should no longer need all these wheelchairs and everything. You should get up and rise up, amen, and take up your bed. Because Christ has paid for this. He's paid for so much more. But right now, we're just talking about healing. So be healed. Be whole. Receive it. Allow it to happen from within you. Because of verse 5. As a one example verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. This is talking about the Father and Christ Jesus himself. The Father gave us the very life of Christ himself. There is not one ounce of life that Jesus has that is being withheld from you. It is all within you because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are in the Father. The Father is in you. And that's because you are in Christ and Jesus says, I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. You cannot tell us apart from the Lord if you were to look at it. So receive this healing today, this promise, one of these precious spiritual blessings. It is yours. Receive it and no longer be in bondage because Jesus deserves for you to be healed because he's the one that paid for it. So that is all the time we have today. Please send us your testimonies at and prayer requests to this following email address at touchofgodradio.com at gmail.com, touchofgodradio at gmail.com. 
And also you can call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.